0: Genealogy Adventures. My name is Brian Sheffy,
1: And I'm danya Williams. How are you doing today?
0: Hope you guys are having a great Sunday and post Merry Christmas and a happy new, you know, Happy New Year wishes.
1: Yes, pre happy new year. I hope everyone's Christmas Christmas was awesome. And um I'm I'm sleep deprived. So <laughs> we're gonna ride on through this, but we good, and I'm so excited to have you guys on the show today. Um Today we are going to be speaking with Jonathan Deese. He is from the organization Reclaim the Records, but he's also a genealogist. He was a board member at is a board member at the Genealogical Institute on Federal Records Alumni Association. He's a director of his own research and company, Web Deese Research. And um, he's a citizen archivist. And he's going to talk to us today about just what it says, reclaiming the records, trying to get access to different records that we've all had wanted to get into or couldn't get to, didn't have access to for something. And um, he's going to help us walk through this on what it is that they do and maybe even give us tips on how to, to do that ourselves. Um, I have one comment that I wanted to quote that I wanted to read that. Jonathan says, really explains what it is that they do from one of our listeners. Uh, Jen Lu says, um, this is right up my alley. I have, been, I have long been irritated by what I call the Amazon nation of public records by ancestry.com and others. It took a TV miniseries, Roots, to introduce genealogy and family research to the masses and out of the elitist money-eyed European purview. I see these pay firewalls as a form of the new Jim Crow. So I wanna thank Jen for um, giving us that and I wanna welcome Jonathan to the show. Welcome, Jonathan, how are you?
2: Hi, thank you for having me. I'm well, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Awesome.
0: So I was gonna start off Jonathan by saying, rumor has it that you are a bit of a service record detective.
2: Indeed, I have um, I have requested service records for every every war that we've participated in, and up until Vietnam. So, and I've done extensive research at uh, all the archives facilities. Yeah, okay. military history is one of my specialties.
0: So, if people, you know, our audience, or people listening to you, um to the on demand video, if they're struggling actually finding service records for their um for their ancestors, is there information about that on your website, which we'll be posting a link to at the end of the show?
2: Sure. Uh, I have two websites, one called soldiersource.com. That's sort of my older site. Uh, my new site's webdiceresearch.com. Uh, yeah, people can post questions to me, and I'll help them find uh, solutions to their to their military history queries and mysteries. Um, yeah, they can contact me there, or they can email me at jdice at soldiersource.com.
0: Okay, great. Well, I may... On a different matter, I may be picking you up on that because I'm finding a a folder for a Buffalo Soldier relation doesn't seem to exist, but I know there is one. But that's that's
2: another topic. I'm intrigued. I'll we'll talk after the show (laughs)
0: for another time. And Donia, you may not know this, but Jonathan's um, he used to work for the DAR. Donia works for the DAR at the moment. Really. And I understand you were part of the team that was responsible for digitizing all those wonderful applications and and resources.
2: Yes, Uh, I was hired in 2002 to work at the Daughters of the American Revolution National Headquarters in DC. I was on the President General's project. So I worked directly for the President General and uh, through the library. And we basically sorted through hundreds of thousands of membership applications. I removed all the staples, all the tape, all the glue. Mm-hmm. We separated all the documents and got it all prepared for scanning. So yeah, I was—I didn't actually do the scanning, but I did all the prep work, all the processing. I actually That's operated as, a archival, as an archival technician and a conservator for, for three and a half years at the DAR while learning That's, genealogy and helping- Right. With other
1: other That's funny because now we're going over those digitized um, those same digitized applications and if there are lines in them and we're trying to clean them all up now. So that's Excellent. one of the, the one of the side things that we have to do outside of the genealogy part.
2: Yeah. We could have a whole show on the story behind DAR's digitization process. Oh, oh we're gonna my goodness. You could talk we're gonna about that for hours, back. but <laughs> <laughs> I got I got tales. <laughs> you got
0: We're going to have to get you back to that one.
2: I got tales to tell from the DAR. but <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank, you. Thank you so much for that work. So for our audience members who aren't familiar with Reclaim the Records, I know some are and some yeah. are. not um, Can you tell us a little bit about how that organization came into being and what its kind of core mission statement is?
2: yeah um reclaim the records we are uh an officially recognized nonprofit, profit 5013c nonprofit. federal government plus uh, several states we're not in every state yet but we're getting there um yeah we're our founder brooke schreier gans um is a genealogist by hobby and um had worked in the tech industry but was a stay-at-home mom trying to do research and was frustrated that she wasn't able to get access to records that she thought should be freely and publicly available. So she started uh, requesting the records and getting hostile responses from archives and records managers and record centers and vital records uh, people. And so she decided to uh, use the Freedom of Information Act, which is a federal law passed in the 70s, uh, letting citizens gain access to federal documents that are not archival in nature. Uh, Many of the states, almost all of them, I believe, have a FOIA or FOIL program, what they call Freedom of Information Law or Freedom of Information Act. And so she basically utilized those laws to request records and not just say, I want to see my grandpa's record or I want to see grandma's record. I want to see everyone's record. I want to see all the records. And so that's how it started. She started requesting entire data sets. And we have been, uh, I think we've been 100% successful at this point. We've never actually lost freedom of information act case uh, at this point so that's how we started uh brooke doing it out of her out of her kitchen uh and uh, but eventually she was gaining traction and she needed help so she called upon me because i'm a records. i'm an expert for the national archives records and all of our other board members are experts in their individual fields some of them come from working at the large um tech companies uh some of them are you know uh, megan smolianic does research on Defense Department, MIAs. um, We all have our own little personal uh, genealogy mission. But we come together for this one larger overarching mission, which is to liberate records from bondage and make records available to people who cannot afford to jump through the hoops that the commercialization of records and capitalism has um, put in place. Uh, The system we have now where you have to go to a third party to get access to to government documents is is a is a paradigm we're trying to to turn around turn on its head we're trying to change that completely and make it so that public records are publicly accessible to everyone regardless of their economic position
0: and again i guess that's going to depend a lot on how these companies have set up their business models because I'm, i'm sitting here listening to you speak and i'm thinking i knew that family search doesn't have the kind of depth of records in certain instances, like census return, census records, the, the federal ones, that Ancestry does. But FamilySearch has a huge, just innumerable data sets, crammed full of you know, digitized versions of documents right. and it's free. All you have to do is sign up for it, but to sign up for, for Family Search is free. So right. how, I guess what I'm thinking is how can Family Search financially make those records free but Ancestry feels like it has to charge?
2: Well, FamilySearch has the backing of a large religious organization. Mm-hmm. They have the backing of people who are willing to work for them for no wages. Mm-hmm. Um, people that decide to go on their to go copy records as their mission for their for for LDS service. And I believe they have a, a system set up where they've worked out where they've worked this out, and it seems to be working for them. They seem to be able to get records worldwide with very little investment. So they don't need to make the records commercially available uh, through a subscription because they're not really trying to recover cash. Um, Ancestry, on the other hand, set themselves up like a genealogy version of LexisNexis, and they started, you know, sequestering records behind their paywall. It's a business model that's been very fruitful. Um, everybody wants to start their own char- charge for records company, and you see a new one come up every six months. Um, some of them stick around, some of them become acquired by other companies, some of them fail. But in large part, it's that's the playing field right now. It's I have records, and you're going to pay me for them. Um, we don't think that that's a viable business model, or it's or good for the citizenry, and so you know we want to kind of changed the playing field family search has is a unique situation if they weren't if they didn't have the backing of their um, of their 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 funding source then they would probably be charging for records or they wouldn't or they probably wouldn't be there at all Um, their business model is unique and we we also believe that despite the fact that family search has very good things some of the records are actually not accessible unless you're a member of the church or you actually go to one of their churches and so we don't feel like you should have to go to a church to get records. You shouldn't have to go to a pay service to get records. You should be able to go to your own government to get records. And we'd like to compel the governments to provide the records or give them to us and we'll provide them for free.
1: Mm-hmm. So basically um, when you were talking about family search here in the DC area, you have the the Mormon church. We could actually go to that church and do some right. research there, If okay all right yeah and, the family and this history is, centers are this, closed right now
2: but yeah you yeah. can do, you can do the, the parking lot angel thing that's going on right now you know
1: okay yeah. but so why are they why are they able to do this given the fact that we have this law the freedom you know freedom of information act why are they even able to do something like that to hold on to records and charge people for
2: it family search <laughs> and ancestry and the companies that utilize those models um they've spent a lot of time and energy influencing the vital record system in the country, um, getting getting to know every records manager at every archive and little and little uh, municipal government's record center in the country. Every, every clerk in the country has their LDS people that come in and they know them. They are in every courthouse and they're in every record center throughout the country and the world and so they've basically set this up where they're the ones that are now trusted by the records managers and the archival professionals. Um, Ancestry provides things like uh, professional development grants for archivists and librarians. Um, they give them money. Uh, and so they're always gonna be the first choice of a vendor or first choice as the place to go to get records copied. Uh, they've made themselves ubiquitous in the situation where they're just they're just everywhere. And they're they're the only ones that have been in the system for many years, and so unfortunately, that's just the system that's been in place. Um, it's not it's not equitable to the public. It doesn't really serve the public interest. It serves the interest of business and capitalism, which wants to make money off public public property. Wow. I mean, they we there is a service to be offered. They index the records. They provide a, they, they put the records on their own server. So you should definitely have to pay some kind of fee to access somebody else's server or access somebody else's index. But do you need the index? And should the server be public? You know, that's what we're trying to change. You know, there's well, know nothing wrong with the search. business model, but right. you know, it's it's it is it is it is a business model. It's not a public records model.
1: I know FamilySearch because I actually have. Um... Done this before, they actually um, allow people to volunteer to index for them. Oh, and yeah. I mean yeah. I've I've done some in te- indexing for for them uh, a few times. Right. And anybody can do it. You go on their site, you you know, find and you can find out more information about we, it. Yeah,
2: we've worked with Family Search. I mean, we we part actually Family Search is one of our partners. Um I am not going to hold back my criticism of things i don't agree with but however family search has been very good to us we've partnered with family search to get records copied in fact when we wanted we wanted to partner with the national archives and after negotiating with them for about a year it came to the what what it came down to is they didn't have room for us in in any of any of their facilities so they asked us to partner with a third party. So to get a, get a series of National Archives records copied, we had to actually go to FamilySearch, and they had to act as our vendor. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: I, that's just not that's not a viable model for, mm-hmm. and it's not a it's not it's not going to be a continually re, uh, sustainable model of of research. We shouldn't have to go to a third party. To access government records, and so even the archive, even the National Archives, made us do that. So this system is just—it's just—it's been in place for so long, and it's—it's it's not just, but it just seems to be the way business is conducted. And we think it needs to change. So mm-hmm. we're slowly changing it. Things are changing. Um,
0: the way that yeah. you describe it, it just makes me think of a very kind of patriarchal.
1: I mean, really.
0: You know, patriarchal oh, yeah. oh, kind yeah. of system.
2: Mm-hmm, it is,
1: exactly. Crazy. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I guess before I move off to the next question, kind of staying on this, I mean, are the, are the big players in the field, are they engaging with Reclaim the Records or is there resistance? I mean, kind there of-
2: There is, um, we've, it's, there's some hostility, but mostly there's radio silence. Um, they generally don't comment on us at all. Privately, we've received a little bit of um, pushback and so they, they also push back through, uh, to us through these organizations, telling the organizations, don't deal with Reclaim the Records. Um, we give you, we're going to give you a better deal. Um, but I don't want to accuse them of anything illegal or unethical. It's business. That's how business in America is conducted. Mm-hmm. So they're not doing anything that I wouldn't expect them to do. However, we just want business out of this business public records are not commercially, should not be commercially available, period. I mean, so it, despite the, the a, fact that they might they might just, they might not be doing anything wrong legally, it's just not yeah. sustainable. It's not viable for the, the public to, to have to pay a third party to get access to their own records, records about them, mm-hmm. you know?
0: And, well, I would go one step further to say, especially in a time when, as a country, we're very divided and kind of at each other's throats, if you want everyone who's here, you know, everyone who's a citizen, to actually feel like they have a, an attachment to America, you do that through genealogy. You do that through learning about your family history and then history in a wider context, and then you have the records. Right. that, that kind exactly. of covers the, the drier parts of that story, but they're still really important.
1: And yeah. they back up your. They back up your find. Exactly. They, they, yeah. they definitely back
2: up your find. Um, they dispel myth. They make things yes. error. They, they make yes. things more equitable when people know the truth. We're all on the same playing field. We're all on the same it's, like level playing field when we have the same yes.
1: information. It's more understand. You, you understand it better. I mean, that's one of the things that I've always said that genealogy has done for me while I was in high school or junior high or what have you. Um, I think y'all call it middle school nowadays, but what have you. But when I was in school, you know, and we were learning history, I always felt like something was missing. I didn't find that missing part until I started doing genealogical research. And it was me. I was missing. My my what we did as African Americans, that part that that little part that was taken out that didn't seem important when actuality it made everything make sense once mm-hmm. you know once i once i started to see it and then to have the records to back it up god that was that was that was I, like
2: I, getting yeah. some really. <laughs> i think i think the events of this year and you know black lives matter movement all the things going on clearly indicate that people need access to the truth yeah i mean we've all been stuck at home most people have been stuck at home for the last practically a year now, and think of all the research people could be doing online right now if records were free. They could be actually utilizing real documentary evidence to back up their positions, their beliefs, their feelings, their accusations of Jim Crow. I mean, the fact that we've never really dispelled Jim Crow, all you got to do is read the documents. It's right there, but documents aren't freely available to people, you know, if you really wanted to spell Jim Crow, start telling the truth. You know, right. let people read their own records. Let God, them that. let them tell their own story. Let them have their own narrative. And just let the truth let the truth get out there. Stop wow. trying to shape the narrative by saying this these records are gonna be available, these records aren't. You know we have we already know enough about white people in manifest destiny. The story's done. It's been told. Mm. Now it needs to be retold with the rest of the people in it. Mm. I don't need to hear that story anymore. I know it already.
1: That, that That's very deep what you just I'm said. I'm tired
2: of <laughs> hearing that story. Frankly, it's embarrassing.
1: Yeah, I, here's the thing. So let me ask you this. For people who have um, personal wills, do you guys help with getting that, or you know, like with wills, inventory information, those kinds of things, or do you go to private, um, private places that hold those kind of records, or either even small ar- archives? Do you go to those places and help? Like, can someone come and ask you to help get some of these records?
2: We would love it <laughs> if someone came to ask us for help. But normally oh, right. nobody comes to us. No, people don't generally come to us except to tell us, I went to this archive and I had a problem. Um, and then we investigate. And if we find out that the problem is legal issue, we'll go after it. Okay. Um, but people have to bring problems to us. There's so many, we're, 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 we're in so many different things right now. Um, we're, we're really focused on a number of issues right now but we need to expand our vision. Um, we're, really looking after, we're really looking for people to bring us information about records that they're having trouble getting for particularly for underserved communities. My special interest is Native American records. So I've been working hard with my Native American allies and my Native American friends to identify records that we're gonna go after to make their lives easier. I would ask the same of my African American friends, please come to us and tell us where you're having trouble finding records? What records are meaningful to you? What are going to What are going to help you tell your story? And how can we help you get those records available? Yeah, we'll work with any. If we find a problem in a small municipal archive, a library, or a record center, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go after it. We'll utilize whatever legal means we have. I mean, we have lawyers, uh, we have money, um, and we have the will and 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 you know desire to go and rectify these situations. But we need help because um our board is pale we need assistance to we need people to help us we need black folks to show us what to do hey (laughs) show us where these records are and we'll harness our energy to fight for those records but these are things that you know frankly to be very honest i can only go so deep into it because i don't know what's important to certain individual people or in their, family, in their family. So I'm asking for assistance from, you know, anybody who I mean, thinks they we, want to yeah, tell me we, something. we
1: will definitely talk after this is yeah. over. We, and
2: we want to, you know, our board is interested in talking to people. We're, we, wanted, we want people to, to sort, sort of submit what we call like a record survey. You can go to our website and you can get information on what we consider pertinent for a record survey. And we'd ask you to evaluate certain record sets. Is this set of records, is it publicly available? Is it only on microfilm? Is there only one copy? Do I have to go to some grungy, dirty little place to look at it? Um, is the staff, is the staff, you know, is the staff making it accessible? Are they charging, you know, outrageous fees? You know, anything that makes it difficult to get at records—that's what we're really fighting for. You know, hmm. okay. I would
0: say to our audience, having just heard what Jonathan said. Uh, if you feel that pertains to you, if you send an email to Danya and I, we'll be happy to kind of gather them all together and, and send them on. Please stay on Please stay on with us after the show, because um, we can definitely float some suggestions to you. Yeah. And I, I actually have one. It's a perfect example for, of what you just said. Researching um, people who were sold in the biggest slave auction in America, their earlier part of the stories is involved in their enslaver's probate records, which exists, they're held in Philadelphia. And to say that it has been a nightmare trying to get those documents, which we
2: have- I've done research in Philly, I know, ugh.
0: um, It's it's been a nightmare. So happy to talk to you about that. Um, The question that I had, and this is all leading up to the next question that I had. So let's say I'm, I'm, you know, Joe Bloggs, Researcher, and my state is either proposing to change laws without access, or is just making it really difficult to access records. Um, how would I go about contacting you, and kind of what is the what is the process once contact is once I have contacted you?
2: Well, um, yeah, you can reach out to us through our website, mm-hmm. our Twitter feed. Um, we monitor all of our social media very closely, so you can contact us anonymously that way. If or. or you can send me an email personally. I have a Reclaim the Records email address as well. I'm John Dice at reclaimtherecords.org. You can email me. Everything you say is confidential. I'm not going to, we won't tell anyone what you've said. So if you work at a record center and want to tell on somebody, let us know. Uh, but if you, um, yeah, if you're finding that you need, that you want to let us know about records, um, go to our site, find get information about what we, what we like, what we'd like to see in a record survey, and then let us know what you what, what you know. We're not even asking you to be investigators or um, private eyes, but if you do have information, share it with us. We will investigate it on our own. We have contacts throughout the archival records management, uh, genealogical community. Uh, we have our fingers in a lot of pies, and so we can get a lot of information. So um, just let us know what, what where your trouble areas are, and we'll look into it. If there, there's, I can't promise that we'll that we'll be able to do anything. It really depends on what the laws are in the area where the records are held. Um, every municipal area and every state has its own laws about archives and records. And so it just really depends what's possible. If we think we can make a difference, we'll discuss it and certainly consider going after it. We can't do everything, but we can certainly do a lot.
0: If I remember correctly, the Reclaim the Records website, there's a lot of information at the state level. I believe there's a drop-down menu. Correct on the state. You can see what's right. right. What's what's pending.
2: Right. So you can see where we've been involved so far. We've been involved mostly with the states. But we're we're in the we're in the negotiation with the National Archives right now because we submitted a huge FOIA request to them.
1: Yeah, that and, was one of the things that we saw, and you guys were like, "Yeah, we're coming for you, so you get ready."
2: Basically, they're ready.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like get ready because we're they've already been it. talking.
2: It's it's not even. The potential of court action is not even there yet and they're already talking to us. So um, they want they want this to work. They just don't know how it would work. Okay.
1: So staying kind of like on this one guy had um, asked the question. They said, Evans said, I can't brush your first name. I don't want to mess it up. So I'm just saying Evans. <laughs> um, he says, I know of an individual who has ancestorship manifests of enslaved Africans during the Middle Passage. Is there any way they can be compelled to di- to digitize them so we can research our enslaved ancestors? Because that right there, what, what this person just said, that's one of our problems Board across the board for African-Americans. That is literally one of our problems.
2: So is he saying that this record's held by a private person? And, yes. Oh. Yeah, there's no law to compel a person who's a collector or a possessor of a certain artifact or document. There's nothing to compel them besides moral weight um, to do anything. However, there isn't any reason why they couldn't call Reclaim the Records and say, I have a record. Will you help us digitize it? We will help them. I'll so drive over there and photograph it, you know what I mean? So
1: basically getting them, saying, saying to them, hey, you can get this company to help you digitize your stuff. This yeah, person can go to that 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 private owner and do that.
2: It depends on what the record is, of course. If it has a, see, our mission is basically right now, it has to have a genealogy connection. That's oh, our mission was, statement. Mm-hmm. We're not going after just anything. It has to have a genealogy connection, mm-hmm. but that's a very broad. Those are very broad connections. A really good gene- genealogist can squeeze a genealogical fact out of almost anything. Yep. So that being said, if somebody makes a compelling argument to us that there's valuable genealogical records that we can easily just go copy because the person that possesses them doesn't have the resources to do so, then we can maybe work something out. Um, for instance, recently we, we're, we won a case against the city of Yonkers in New York to get some of their vital records. Um, And the deal was that we had to copy them ourselves. So I just drove up there and did it, not a big deal. You know, I just reclaimed paid for my my travel and costs. But otherwise I didn't, I did it for nothing. I just went up there and photographed them. It's that easy. Digitization is not magic. It's really easy actually.
0: And I think part of the problem is people who have no knowledge or interest in genealogy or looking at old documents and things and just assuming, oh well, this this won't be meaningful to anyone. Where even a even a slave ship log that may not have named individual Africans but will tell you about the Africans who were aboard that ship, who mm-hmm. a trained genealogist who knows how to ferret and tease out information from seemingly bland things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that there's a lot of missed opportunities. And I, I oh, wish yeah. people would kind of admit that they don't know what maybe it's one of those things you don't know what you don't know until
2: you realize you don't know it. Just like there's no bad question, there's no bad record. It
1: it really isn't. It really, all I records
2: think, are good. It depends. Yeah, you know, I was trying, you know. trying
1: to understand exactly what this one person was saying, Charlotte Chips. She says, Never enough info on manifest destiny. My ancestors are incredibly important and interesting. I like the topics here but it seems you have made judgment about what is important and the truth. I am having some issues understanding what it is she's saying we're it's judging. It's, a, it's a
2: it's a it's a defensive position when somebody says well all the research you've done in the story you're telling me I'm not interested in it. Hmm. Uh, you know she here look all of our ancestors are compelling uh, but but the thing is is that how many times do I need to hear the same story? You know, I I I know it already, and I know that's compelling for other people. So tell the story to your your relatives, tell the story to your descendants. But to tell you the truth, America doesn't need more stories that leave out everybody except some pioneer with an axe and a musket. Amen. You know, In a horse and you know saving the day and fighting Indians and you know this, that's just that's just that story's just over. It and is, it's, it's much over. more
1: interesting to add everybody
2: just add the truth yeah it, it, these stories are just they're so i'm sorry it's just it's like watching <laughs> a 1950s movie about like a western you know i'm um, you know i could talk about my my colonial ancestors sure i could talk about them all day they did all kinds of great stuff but so did many other people and let's talk about the people that stories haven't been told yet
0: and again, I mean I couldn't agree, obviously I couldn't agree more. But it was it was documents, specifically um American Revolution documents that, t- that told me and taught me that there were Chinese Americans who who oh. supported the American Revolution. There were women who supported the American, you know, who were part of the American Revolution. There were Muslims who were who technically are American patriots because they either supported or fought for the American side and the the American revolution. And it was documents. Those weren't even documents I was looking for. I was looking for someone else's kind of application in history and I'm like, get out. I'm like something, um, I'm not gonna say, it was a very Chinese name and I'm like, really? And I started and then I forgot the research that I was meant to be doing and I got dug into his story. Because mm-hmm. it never even occurred to me that anyone yeah. other than maybe white people and, and free free people of color fought yeah. the American Revolution.
2: Yeah, I, I, something that the caller said got uh, made me think. I mean, not the caller. I'm sorry. The person who quest who uh, posted the last question um, about about who's who. You know, what's the truth and why? Is, you know, so, sure, the stories about white people are true, but they it's they're, A lot of the context is gone. I mean, yeah, sure the person bought hundred and sixty acres and homesteaded and did a list. But but what about the rest of it? You know, there's there's a mm-hmm. lot more there than just, you know, my ancestor built a log cabin and, and conquered the West and you know, like was a was like a colonial official and came on Mayflower and blah 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 blah. There's a lot more going on than these, these tired old stories you get told over and over again. You know. That I mean,
1: actually I, fits with what Evans is saying. He said that the, the wolf holder, because the person that um that did a the question before the one I just read um, from Evans that asked about the private getting the private mm-hmm. document mm-hmm. scan, he said it's the DeWolf holder of records um, who will, will not make the them public because they engaged in illegal slave trading after eighteen oh eight until eighteen twenty. So this is why this person yeah. won't make them public but it's, 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 it fits into what you're saying. It's more to the story. So when you're sitting here and you're saying, okay, yes, my ancestor built this, 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 and that, but was it your ancestor directed somebody
2: to build? Yeah, they didn't do it alone. <laughs> right. They yeah, I mean, nobody somebody. did it alone. This idea that the this this bootstrap idea is just, it's ridiculous. Um, yep. nobody's so been, nobody I, was I, alone I, here. Nobody was alone. And if you were, we would never know in any ways because you were alone. I mean, that's, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it, Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's not realistic. Yeah, we are all part of a, a team. Everybody had, there was, believe me, what, what, we're, what we're upset about in America is the fact that back then the team hierarchy was skewed. We're all still on a team. We all work together. It's just the team back then was, only, was top heavy. It was all leadership and nobody talked about the team.
0: That's a yeah. really good analogy. Now you've made me think about I'm going to use that in a conference, except I'm going to use cheerleaders because you always focus on the cheerleader who's at the top, the one that they all kind of lift, mm-hmm. and all the other ones underneath there, Who, if she wouldn't be in the yeah. air, they weren't there. That's get, right. Like, they kind of get left out of the story. It's like, yeah, we they,
2: always talk about the coach like, and the and the the quarterback and the the you know or the the great pitcher or the batter or the heavy hitter, and we you know. But he can't do anything without all the other people that are there, you know. So. Yeah, that's that's awesome.
0: And don't worry, I'll give you a credit when I use the, um, the analogy.
2: <laughs> it's it's also the um, the inherited nature and the legacy of American biography. It's the way we've done things. We tell a story in a certain way, and we're all just used to it and accustomed to it. It and it works for business. It works for books. It works for David McCullough. It works for everybody that tells a story a certain way. You know. Um, it, the thing is, this, the narrative now needs to change. I mean, the, the you know, my father was a historian and an archivist, um, and he, you know, he taught me a lot. Just living with him, I learned a lot about history. Um, people that lived before us were not dumb. That was a big one. Um, you gotta give more credit to the people that lived before us. They had a lot more difficult time doing things than we do. Um, you know, I mean, I have respect for the people that lived before us, but there's so many of them whose stories just are never going to get told, you know. And who do we just? De- how are we to decide what was important? That's the thing. We're putting our modern biases on their activity. We're we're analyzing their activity with a modern bias and picking and choosing what we think is important.
1: Yeah. Right. And then when people are looking at the manifest, if you don't know what you're looking for, because the the one thing that people don't understand, you you have, as far as African American genealogy is concerned. We have to do things a little bit different. Yes, we go through the, the the normal stuff, the census records, the you know the birth records and death records and things like that. But we have to take other things like newspapers and newspapers is a big deal to african-americans as far as mm-hmm. research is concerned i mean it's 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 a huge deal because it directs us it guides us to the next person that we need to go to or how or who else is a part of our family that we didn't know listing names that we didn't know about or, or something to that nature so we have to look at things outside of the box mm-hmm. so what you see on a manifest as not a lot of information it is loads of information for us it is actually a load of information okay it might like my, Brian said it may not drop a name but it gives an idea of what that person was going through what was going on where they were the guidance an age number or something that makes a difference for us
0: uh-huh. the, the, the port that the ship sailed out of Yes. Then you can go to the to whatever African port, the country that that yeah. port was in. Contact yes. their archivist. Do you have any information about this captain who sailed this ship on this date? You don't have to tell them where it was going to because they probably wouldn't know. But that's enough information for them to hit their archives. Oh yeah. They oh caught Captain John Smith on the the the, the, the sloop Maria and in Anna. Oh yeah, seventeen fifty four. Got it yeah now yeah. The, Afri- the Africans were taken from the, these these five villages. You already yes. have more information yes. than what you start you know than you started with. Um, Agreed. So I would imagine in your work there are some records that you just you cut for legal reasons you can't get a hold of. And I I lost the person's message, but I did see something about adoption. are old you know oh. are there any limitations on adoption records?
2: Every state um, has its own law. Um, some are far more restrictive than others I'm not an adoption specialist uh, but we have worked with um, people that are combating difficult adoption laws Um, we did work with one adoption issue Uh, I wasn't terribly familiar with it I was Brooke was working with that Uh, so look on our site for more information about that but Mm -hmm. that's a very complicated issue because the laws are usually very restrictive and they're not and and they're they're exempt from foia a lot of these these records are exempt from the freedom of information act process or because of pii personally identifiable information rules and privacy rules they would have to redact the document so heavily that it might not be useful gotcha you know what i mean you might know a document exists but it would be all blacked out so you wouldn't really have much i mean but then again maybe you will be able to get a clue from it so it's worth trying but these are issues where um, going after entire record sets would be very difficult it would be a very long protracted court case and sometimes it would be a pyrrhic victory meaning that it would take so long to get the records released to us that we might never see them if it makes if that makes sense yeah no, there's a limit to what the governments can do you know we can ask for big stuff but there's only so much they can actually give us at once Just because of just physical logistical limitations.
0: And I get that because even if I'm thinking, you know, someone's old psychiatric file, I mean, it could be like a 25 year old file that's still privileged information. Mm -hmm. You know, while it's frustrating for me because I want to know who signed that person in knowing that it was a family member, to be able to yeah. prove that, I have to respect that that's that that's confidential.
2: Well, this this has actually come up. Yeah, there's, um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this, when you said psychiatric, there's records at the National Archives about the, the government's insane asylum, St. Elizabeth's Hospital. We all know the, the infamous St. Elizabeth, St. Elizabeth's Hospital from the EC area. Yeah. Those records are at the National Archives and they're open. What? Really? Uh, up until a certain date. Now, after a certain date, they need to be reviewed and redacted, but up to a certain point, they're just open yeah it just really depends on what the law is in that area the federal government doesn't have a law so there's also an instance where the federal government inherited a very large collection of vital records from the district of columbia and i wanted to see them and the government in the archives said no they're restricted and i said uh-uh they're federal records and they said but the, the dc law i said uh-uh they're federal records and so even dc even though dc has a restriction on their their death records, the archives had to let me see their their collection because they had accessioned it. So the, the law, knowing the law about, you know, adoption or something like that in your areas is, is so important because it's different everywhere. There's loopholes in different places. Um, and that's something that Reclaim is sort of getting into, but we have to approach this slowly and carefully because there's a lot of like, you know, potholes. And, you know, I wouldn't say it's a minefield, but it's definitely, lots of craters and places to get lost you know in the in the adoption world it's it's very complicated
0: and i would imagine prison records would be the same that those would also not be necessarily easy to get a hold of
2: well that's also a thing where it's going to be a pii issue once the privacy restriction is lift is is ended or the embargo on privacy is over after a certain amount of years usually it's like 62 or 72 in some places it's like 120 but it just depends on what the embargo is. And then when that's over, the record can become archival or the state decides to destroy it. And a lot of times they just dispose of the records. They just throw them out. They throw away probably 95% of the records that are created. So there's a chance that things like prison records wouldn't be considered significant. The court record of the person being convicted, yes, but the actual prison records, a lot of times they just would get rid of them. Mm-hmm. You know. So what's as, the difference as, as, between the... Sorry,
1: so, ahead. so, what's the difference between um a, a prison record and then showing the count of prisoners in a census record because it's giving more information as to what yeah, they did. A, a, okay. a,
2: pers- a prison record might be you know a per- like equivalent to like a personnel file or a medical case file with information that's exceedingly exceedingly sensitive that we don't usually look at on a person until they're long dead. That's kind of a mm-hmm. custom we have, but you know how it is. I mean, it just really depends on what the record is and what you need it for, you know what if you're an investigator doing research on a person like this? you need to research a person right now you'd you'd need that information mm-hmm. you know but genealogists i don't know i'm not saying genealogists don't need all the information it's just that records managers often make decisions about records before we even know they exist you know
0: well i would they have make thought the same, i would have thought the same thing about insurance policies until i started doing research on enslaved ancestors who were insured um and it was a bizarre surreal experience actually looking at at those documents um those pretty much are the insurance documents are by and large kind of straightforward to get the old ones are Uh but in terms of groups of records is there anything um that reclaiming the records has found difficult as a class of records to get a hold of?
2: The adoption records are definitely difficult. Um, vital records have been exceedingly difficult. That's why we focused our, record, our efforts on there, on that topic. Um, state vital records laws are sometimes exceedingly restrictive, and um, they want to charge ridiculous fees. So we've we've focused on that. But yeah, those we we found that those have been the most difficult record sets in the country to obtain, as entire sets. You know, as it does the whole data set. So that's what we've we've gone after. They seem to be the most difficult. There seems to be a, I wouldn't say a corruption, but there's sort of a, an old boys network and a business as usual thing going on with the vital records in America. So, um, it's 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 kind of creepy. Um, I don't want to make any direct accusations, but there's a, there's a network of people that make the records restricted, so that they can utilize them for their own purposes. That's terrible. Well, Private industry and public industry in, in conjunction. That that's terrible. That's terrible.
0: Yeah. I can't, I, I can't say that I'm entirely shocked by
1: that.
2: No. The vital, not, the vital record the vital and records the vital records and public records system in America is broken. It's broken.
0: Which again, I just find it's that that's such a real shame. Yeah, it's, it's,
2: uh, a hacker can get all my information out of an account I have, but I'm not allowed to request my own records from the government. Mm-hmm. Right? So friends? how your can friends? I have ac- I can't even have access to my own data, but some crook on the on the on the dark web does
1: mm-hmm. or on the yeah, black market. Does, but I don't I can't all. even
2: have access to my own records. I have to pay ransomware to a genealogy company to get access to government documents that's what i look at i look at it as ransomware you know when i'm going to ancestry or some other company i'm basically paying a ransom to get a document that they're holding in jail you know if i want to visit the record i have to pay a fee mm. Mm. Uh, well, those records were created by you know and they try to co- they even they've even tried to copyright government records um, and they they've been pro- they they can't do that it's been it's been they, there's been a precedent center I believe that they they simply cannot copyright the records they've copied from the government. They I, tried though.
0: The real shame of it is, you know just just using an example, I was living in, I was living in England and it happened for years. I was 33 years old, probably doing genealogy for about 18 months to two years. That's when I felt like I was an American. I had roots. Not only did I have roots, I found out how far back those roots went and that was all through records and that was a real kind of impi- and i know it's going to sound mad to any probably to a lot of people because i mean i was born in america i spent the first 21 years of my life living in america never felt like an, never felt like this was my country or you know did as Donnie was saying so eloquently before about so ignorant about so much of the history 30 something years old living in another country That was when I became an American, felt like I, oh, I actually am an American and you know those records and getting those records in people's hands and telling those stories and then finding out about their ancestors through these records. I mean, that's just such a powerful thing. Uh Um, You know, maybe I'm being naive and, you know, Donia says this a lot in the shows as well. We really believe that genealogy is something that can bring people from vastly different backgrounds and life experiences together.
2: Together. It's, a, it's a transformative experience for many people, and you're right, it's underrated for its ability to um, foster relationships across international boundaries and across cultures and across, you know, all kinds of different, you know, all the, all the different fences uh, that are to divide us. You know, genealogy makes it clear that we're all related in some way, um, and in many respects in America we're related in the ways that a lot of us really never knew you know um, i've not done the dna journey yet i'm getting ready to do it now but uh i've i'm in, i'm excited about what might come up i hope there's some goodies in there you know we'll see it will be genie uh dna
1: some math. I know i thought i knew it
2: all from the paper record but i'm just waiting to see what i what i what surprises grandpa and grandma were up to or what was going on you know back in the older days but uh we'll see We'll see i don't think there's any surprises in my immediate family but i don't know i hope not we'll see <laughs> so but co- i hopefully find some new cousins yeah, you will oh, that always. you'll definitely yeah. get that,
0: you definitely will i'm trying to think of the best way to answer to ask you this question and if you don't want to answer it i will respect that
2: i'll answer anything
0: have has the organization uh, reclaimed the records have you found that there's a a partic- particular states that have been difficult to deal with, or if you don't want to name states, oh no, New York regions of the state country. of New
2: York. Oh, okay, the Grand, the Empire State, the great state of New York. I have a lot of respect for New York. I'm married to a New Yorker, so I got to be careful here. <laughs> uh, my wife just said, "Go, John." She said, "Go for it." So, okay, so New York is egregious in their violations of their own records laws, of their idea that they own the records that they they curate and there's just so many different archives and records centers just in the city of new york it's ridiculous so we you know brooke knows more about this than i do because she's a new yorker she was born in new york and has done new york research for years i'm just now getting into it because i have very little family from new york uh after like 1820 but um and so but believe me new york research before 1820 is just as difficult so um yeah, we, New York has been the most difficult state that has been violating their own rules for years. Um, it's, just, it's just old boys network, business as usual, BS. Um, but we've been blasting through it. We've not lost one case against them. They, and they keep reoffending. They keep, we, we, the court chastises them and fines them and then they do it again. They find another way to, to open up another loophole and do some other crafty little scheme um, to try to make money off records. Uh, it's very clear that their budget problems, uh, they have very clear budget problems and that's why they're charging for records, but that's not my problem. My problem I, is that those records shouldn't be, they should be freely available and they shouldn't have anything to do with charging for it. It, should, they shouldn't, it shouldn't even be part of their job. They should be dealing with the, the, the conducting the business of the records managers of their state and not trying to make a couple bucks off a bunch of naive genealogists who are sitting at home, clicking on links to try to find records. It's it's a, it's a cheat, it's a scam and it's gotta end. So yeah, New York's the worst, New York's the worst, the worst. Wow. There might be a worse state, but we haven't found it yet. Um, California is not easy. Illinois is gonna be a very challenge, a very big challenge. We're going after Illinois. Actually, the most aggravating state, maybe not the most difficult, but the most aggravating has been the state of Missouri. I'm a St. Louis native, so I'm from Missouri, and um, I know how stubborn people there can be, but their state government was ridiculous. They got chastised by the judge so harshly that the record—that the, the head records manager of their state, I don't know if he's a state archivist or state librarian, he had to quit, so. Well,
1: um, we'll so you haven't done South Carolina? <laughs>
2: i don't think we've touched south carolina if anybody we knows will. something in south carolina come talk to us please we come will talk to us, please. <laughs> we'd love to have we'll you talk-, talk to the board anybody who wants to talk to us about this stuff you know we'd love to have you come talk to the board or write us a letter or whatever maybe call me call me anonymously if you want I'll, I'll i'll give my phone number privately to anybody who wants to email me or whatever i'll provide it to a third party if somebody wants to call me if somebody wants to tell me something you know i'm happy to talk to anybody you know, we'll figure out a way to get a hold of me. You know, I won't give up my number here, so my wife doesn't get too scared that <laughs> people are going to call us. But yeah, no, um, yeah, uh, we, we'll go after them if we can, if it's possible, if, it's, if possible. it's possible, if it's possible, and it's legally, if it's legally feasible, if we have a good sense, we'll win. Um, we like to win, so we want to make sure that we could win these cases, and and we have the money. We actually okay. have received a received a very large donation this year. We're very grateful to that patron. Um, but it's gonna allow us to do a lot.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, and and, and since probably in the last three months, we've raised close to twenty or thirty thousand dollars. So we're 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 this is where we put our money. We pay lawyers. You know, we'll go after anybody who's failing to meet their obligation, the public servant.
0: And what I was remiss in saying is your website actually has record
2: sets. Indeed. Yeah, we don't want to be a records provider per se. We'll put our records on an internet archive. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've built three separate websites for different records we acquired. Uh, built a website for the VA master index. Uh, Brooke built two websites for the Missouri records we acquired. So um, we do have URLs that are you can link off of our website that are like MissouriRecords.org or something. I can't remember exactly what it says. And there's also one for the VA Master Index, I believe, which we got from the government. That's that's the that's the, the the Veterans Administration Master Index is a, is the records that we got in partnership with uh, family search through the archives. So.
1: So are you guys going for Ancestry? Because I have um, people up here that are talking about Ancestry, and they feel no. like Ancestry is holding back stuff.
2: Frankly, there's nothing we can do to go against a private corporation. They can do whatever they want. There's no legal recourse all we can do is compel the governments to give their records out for free and not deal with ancestry anymore that's what we, that's that what we that's, that's the only thing we can do legally we hope to compel the governments the federal government and the state governments to change their policy so that they no longer go to third party private vendors to copy records that they should be giving out for free do it yourself or 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 find a nonprofit organization to work with that serves the public interest. Ancestry, unfortunately, is a business and it doesn't serve the public interest. It serves the interest of its shareholders, period.
1: I am loving you.
2: I love you too. <laughs> you wanna to hear about what we're going doing into the National Archives real quick sure. before we're done? Oh, please. Yeah. So we filed a Freedom of Information Act request against the National Archives for them to release all of the documents that they should have received or have received from their partners, Ancestry, Fold3, Family FamilySearch, um, and a number of other private corporations that have made these partnership deals with the National Archives. And we're supposed to give records back to the Archives after they digitized them. This process never has, has never been completed. It's never worked out to anyone's satisfaction. We're asking the archives to release every record that they've received from a partner um, and release the entire data set to us as a, as a unit. Um, and so they want to fulfill this request. It's gonna cost over a million dollars and could perhaps take a decade. So we're trying to negotiate a way to make this cost-effective to the public, but still every, make sure everybody gets what they need. So. Um, it looks like there's, we're going to have a cooperative arrangement, but it still could go to court. There's always a possibility that they could balk at the last minute and decide not to negotiate anymore and walk away, and then we we go to court. But we've asked them to turn over basically everything the ancestry scanned for them, everything that all the partners have scanned for them. We want those copies in the Internet Archive now. Wow. Because the archives can't even put them in their own catalog, so we want we want that stuff given to us immediately. We know it's we know it can't be immediately. We know that COVID's in the way, but as soon as this is out of the way, this is going to happen. We're gonna we're gonna have a little sparring match with the archives and see what we can do. Um, right now, it's just sparring. It's 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 fun sparring. We're we're literally just sparring and testing out our uh, our reflexes with each other. But I think they want to give us the records, and um, it's just what's it going to cost and whether their general counsel agrees. Um, it all, it's always down to the lawyers, really, when it comes to it. So we'll see. We'll see. But we're talking with them, and they're talking back.
1: Well, we that's definitely have a couple of people on here that's going to need to, you know, talk to you. Um, I have one, uh, Evans, again, they asked about birth records, 1899, Illinois, and death records in Kansas, 1920. Where are they? So I guess they need to come to you. To,
2: we're looking at line. It. We're looking at Illinois right now. Oh. We're looking at Illinois right now. Send us your Illinois stuff because we can put it all in one with one giant request. We'd like to give one giant request rather than like dozens of individual requests. So we're going after a whole bunch of stuff in Illinois. Let us know what you need. Talk to us soon. Right. And as I said, before, uh, Kansas. We... I'm not sure. Kansas. I'm sure has... I'm, I apologize. Sorry. Kansas sure has problems, but I don't know what we're doing in Kansas right now. Nothing as far as I know. Sorry.
0: As we said before, we will um. We will definitely be posting links so you can go to the website, you can read it and, and take in the relevant information. It gives information about who to contact, how to contact. So yep. It's got everything on there except basically the kitchen sink. Um
2: <laughs> we'll get the kitchen sink eventually too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, but Jonathan, seriously, thank you so much for um for joining us on the show.
2: Thank um, you for having me.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize, oh my God, it's, it's like one minute to five. God, this- I makes, know, we
2: blasted through this. This has been fun. God, this was awesome. You guys so, let me go I, off the hook. Oh, <laughs> thank you.
0: So I don't know about the audience, but I feel as though I've come away learning a little something. you made my mouth drop open once, and that doesn't happen very often on this show, so kudos to you for that. <laughs>
2: well, we're yeah. very grateful for our, the opportunity to talk about what we do. Um none of us get paid for it so uh, it's a joy when we can make have a result and see people interested and see people excited and just let well, people if you ever
1: need to just be on the show for something that you have you you need something let us know cuz we, okay.
2: we have no Thanks. problem Okay mind, thank um, you so much. Yeah, yeah we we need every 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 avenue of communication every voice we we need we need to be speaking the same language about records.
0: So stay with us um when we go offline because the, the Zoom will, will still be up and we can have a chat okay. about the, the African-American things. Great. Just wanted to say, um, please join us next week 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be speaking to Yoruba Reachin about her documentary, The Negro Motorist's Green Book. Awesome documentary. Um, she's a wonderful documentarian. Hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, Donya.
1: Yes, yeah. and again, happy new year early so because by the time you guys talk to us again we'll be into the new year stay safe everyone bye
0: bye see you next sunday